Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. Uh, and, and I'm outnumbered. Which one do I shoot? <laughs> Just uh, kidding. Ah! The, answer is, the answer is you shoot both. Hi, Britain. Hi, guys. It's me, Britain. And look, we're all back together again. Welcome back, you guys. We're oh, together yeah. again again? Yeah. Boy, that's right, guys. We're all back together. Uh, these guys have gone out and gotten their sun and surf. And um, uh, now they're all rested up and ready mm-hmm. to talk movies again. I, I will just say beforehand, uh, uh, Britton, I know um, you, you were relaying everyone with my adventures and, and my mm. messages to you um, yeah. during last week's episode. And uh, on that note, I would like you to open your hymnals to page 20. Um I, I sent them to you. You should have them. Um, we're going to sing about timeshares. That's that's what the episode is. I think they're a really good idea. Is there is, is what there, I'm trying to get at. Is there a melody that goes with this? A familiar tune we might know? Um, You know, like the, the, the droning uh, chanting or whatever it is from a dune. Okay. The, the, the like <laughs> sure. the throat singing. Sure. That's that's it. That's, okay. That's okay. the song about time. It's literally that. <laughs> That's what that's, du- a, that's a little yeah. that's a little Easter egg in Dune. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught it. Hey, maybe maybe uh, Dune would Look, all that stuff would have gone easier if they had just done a timeshare of Arrakis instead Look, of I every mean planet or sorry uh, every uh, dwelling I should say on the planet has like direct access to the dunes. It's right there. Great location. It's true. Um, it's true. You know, no no guarantees how far the distance of the ocean might be, but they're right there on the dunes. They're very, you know, it's, it's easy, uh, great to get out there. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great, it's a great opportunity, you know? Yeah. Bring really, the kids, um, invest. All right. The beach was fun. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we we're back and we're, we're not doing any more Scooby-Doo movies. You can send now. us as many emails as you want to do. Scoob, we're not doing it. I'm going to go on vacation one day, and then it's it's you guys that'll be That's left true. holding the Scoob. <laughs> <laughs> we're back with with a, an MCU movie. Tyler, what what did we watch? What, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Whoa! This sounds like That's a wow. real goofy ride. <laughs> yep that was tyler's owen wilson impression uh no, who appeared in like loki which shares a writer that's true that's true my, my my owen wilson would be more wow more oh, easily ah, ah there it is <laughs> what hey am i am i in drill bit taylor what's going on because <laughs> i know that's a very original impression um and i'm very proud of it i've spent many hours <laughs> developing it um, tyler's and uh his impression repertoire is owen wilson Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Charlie Sheen, uh, all the hits. Still, uh, Adrian yelling. But for Adrian some reason, stuff. they all sound the same. It's not it's like <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Your Charlie Sheen is just you going winning. <laughs> I, I'm winning. <laughs> Cocaine, Adrian. It's a hard voice to yell in. I guess that's why he's always so chill. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> Doctor Strange. Um, no, we all saw this in the theaters together. Uh, a few uh, whenever it came out. Um, 
and we watched it again individually. Um, and so let's see if anybody changed their minds in a pretty major way. Um, kind of like Wanda. Alex, what are the stuff? Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, not and. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi. He's back. He's back after a, a long hiatus, both both in real life and on the podcast. He's back uh, from 2022. It has a 74% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 85% audience score. Are there I a liked lot, it. Are there a lot of Marvel movies in the 80s? For audience score-wise? Oh. Because hmm? I feel like they I, mostly crashed in the 90s. I don't know, obviously. I don't ever remember this stuff. Yeah, let me take a look at that real quick. Because I, I think for the most part, they, they are definitely in the higher range. Um, yeah. <clears throat> well, while you're doing that, I'll do the synopsis. Um, And this synopsis, it, it kind of sounds like... The, the only one I could find kind of sounds like they caught Michael Waldron as he was going into a meeting and they're like, what's the synopsis? And he went, Dr. Stephen Strange casts a forbidden spell that opens a portal to the multiverse. However, a threat emerges that may be too big for his team to handle. I gotta go. It's actually not even true. Like what the movie's about. Yeah, yeah. that's like an old an old version of it where it was like more related to Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here's another oh, one. Oh, all right. It follows it follows the total descent of Wanda Maximoff into villainy. Well, as she gets corrupted by the Scarlet Witch's powers. However, there's another vengeful... Okay, this is not anything. Because <laughs> now it's talking about a vengeful mother in Greek mythology. Guys, I didn't do a good job. Um, just the point... Hey, just what's... what? Just lay it on us. What's the... Uh, what's your synopsis for it? America Chavez, yeah. uh, who used to be in the Babysitter's Club, mm-hmm. shows up. She can jump in through universes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, she tells Doctor Strange uh, there's a multiverse, and he's like, Nadoy. And then uh, Wanda wants her powers because Wanda's like, I can go to another, if I can go to another universe, I can go be with the kids um, that I invented. And so she's chasing America Chavez, and Doctor Strange is helping her. And uh, he has to go through like different universes, by which I mean two or one uh, um, there's a montage that's two or three yeah there's a montage and um yeah that's pretty what, much uh, it, right? i think you one important detail what shape does our america shop as this portal a star yeah just need to make sure that that's yeah i think that i think you're really missing a lot of the story if you missed that part that's true it's a star um <laughs> which uh which is fair because this movie has some stars in it. Oh, it's kind of a subtle Easter egg. Um, like uh, <laughs> I can't think of the name of. Well, any you'll stars. notice, and you'll also notice that she's wearing a jean jacket, which is a subtle nod to the character Jean Grey. Yeah, uh, who has been rumored to appear in an upcoming Marvel project. If you're talking about uh, <laughs> Punisher season two, I believe so. I believe it's Punisher season two. Jean Grey, where uh, his guns are no match for her hair. I never really understood her powers. It's Phoenix. I guess. Oh, and she's a, 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 what are they called? Mentat? What are they? (laughs) Mesmer. Mesmer. She's a Mesmer? She's a timeshare? Timeshare. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 
Yeah. We're going to talk about the movie, I promise. We are going to talk <laughs> about it. We're talking about it right now. <laughs> we're giving are the we? synopsis. I don't... Yeah. What's the concern? Uh, no, Jeez. I like this movie quite a bit. I feel like I've, I've derailed this entirely, but uh, that's that's not because I don't feel like talking about the movie, because uh, I do, because I enjoy this very much. Um, I So, Alex, did you figure out the thing about the audience score? What... Yeah, so it varies kind of wildly. I think for a lot of phase one, it starts off in like the mid 70s yeah. and then it kind of hits like the the lower 90s and it kind of bounces back and forth like high 80s, low 90s yeah. for the audience score. And then you've got some of your outliers like um, Endgame or Shang-Chi, I think also has a really high audience score. So some outliers, but it's yeah. mostly the high 80s, low 90s. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. This So I feel like this is like superhero movie fatigue finally hitting reviewers sure. people kind of kind of kept it's not really hitting the box scores but pe- people kept you know kind of expecting like oh people are going to get tired of superhero movie stuff eventually uh but i think that fails to look at the fact that yeah phase 1 i mean the the critic score as well for phase 1 is generally a lot lower than yeah. when you get into two and three uh especially three three space three is really where like every movie got reviewed like amazingly and we just kind of like could pencil it in um yeah i think the only one that was kind of in contention in phase three from what i remember was captain marvel sure sure, and i which i think i mean i know the audience score for that is the one that was tanked by people the critic score was in the 70s so okay i mean it's not that far off from this to be perfectly honest yeah um yeah so like i think this finally like this phase is finally hit where it's like critics are kind of looking at it and being like oh it's a marvel movie i don't it's not really that like appealing to me anymore um because i feel like this phase rules (laughs) uh (laughs) black widow kind of aside um eternals is obviously controversial um we talked about that and all i think pretty good feelings about it um i know alex in particular you're a huge fan i would say i'm a fan i still have not gone back for for another watch so i don't i think for the things a, you liked are I'm not a little worried i think the things you liked are not going to shift much um sure because again like that shang chi and this um am i missing another one i got oh uh no way home, no way home. which is not a cinematic uh like work of artistic not merit but <laughs> work of artistic yeah. intention i guess <laughs> maybe that's sure. the... it's, not, it's not a style piece yes uh versus the other ones but they all have like flares to them that are very different from a lot of other marvel movies and it's weird to me that we're now getting to the point i mean i uh, maybe it's just like a too little too late thing and it's going to take some time for people to i feel like when they eventually do a avengers return reunion whatever and all the characters will come together whatever they end up doing which we need to talk about some of that because i just feel like rambling about whatever the heck kevin feige is doing that madman um i uh i feel like this phase has had a lot of really cool stuff in it and i'm kind of surprised that people are really brushing it off so i don't know i'm we, we can talk about this movie specifically but for me, I think this has been quite a strong phase, and I'd say this movie in particular 
especially on a rewatch really really hooked me um i don't know where we want to start with it i i think that maybe the the best place to start is the part that is the to me the most like i kind of just roll with it but i can see why it's a big problem for a lot of people which is the wanda of it all yeah i i i know a few people who who didn't like that that wanda went full villain and i think they the ones i talked to i think they even felt like it wasn't that they necessarily didn't think it made sense or didn't think it worked they just were like you know i don't like seeing this character this far into into villainy which i understand i think that's a totally fair point as opposed to someone being like oh this makes no sense because after not really developing that character at all i think from wandavision into this i i follow that well yeah. enough for the movie yeah um i think what saves it is that elizabeth olsen is phenomenal in mm-hmm. this movie i think she's the best performance in the movie i think that she is the selling point if you are kind, if you're not like a a marvel or like what if this isn't your kind of thing anyway i would say it's worth seeing for her yeah um uh, there are so many points in this perform when I was rewatching it uh, for this show. There were so many points where I was like, th- "That line, like th- this performance, could have been so bad." Mm-hmm. Like some of this dialogue is, man, it is just right, right on the cusp of just so cocky and like, like for the writing itself, not the character, so cocky and like, look how cool this is and how dark and badass or whatever it, it I, I think it's I've, I've just watched too much like arrowverse <laughs> stuff i mean when you have lines like it's not a tomb it's a throne sure mm. sure like there, there's a lot of that stuff that i'm like you know this is really right on teetering on the edge and so many genre i i, I pick on the arrowverse but lots of genre media specifically tv really struggle with writing like tough cool whatever you would call female villains and it it just it maybe i'm also just thinking about the magicians or something like i just can't so many of those performances don't work and the and how much of it is the writing of the actors i don't know but in here it's the performance that completely saves it i don't think the writing is terrible but she is just so brilliant in it and everything she does feels so soulful and felt and sincere and authentic and it's it's a very mature performance, which is a weird thing to say about an actress who I believe is younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it like it's it's she's always been so talented. I'm really glad that the MCU is starting to catch up to her. Yep. Um, and what what she's capable of because she's just fantastic in this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And Tyler, I, maybe I can kind of circle through a couple of points here. I think one thing you are missing in in terms of just Marvel fatigue from critics and audiences is taste plus. Well, Disney <laughs> Plus, and the fact that we have had several shows that, while they start off strong for a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of that people see as diminishing returns. And I think I, WandaVision, in part, is included in I that. think I'm more, um, like, fascinated by the critics. Because, like, the critics score, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is whatever with TV shows. It's always been kind of yeah. scattershot. Um, but they're all, like, 80s and 90s, like, it seems like those shows are almost getting the benefit of the doubt that the movies used to get. And now they're the scores are getting worse for the movies when I think well, I wonder little... with the critics, like how many critics watched and reviewed WandaVision and then did this sure. movie. 
Like, you could have just a bunch of people that are like, I only review movies. I yeah. pick and choose whatever I want to watch for TV. That is not my department. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess maybe the the fact that they're now kind of intersecting both means either you have to watch and review everything if you do movies and TV, or you're just, you know, looking at the shows or just looking at the movies, and so, like, none of it feels cohesive. Maybe there's maybe there's a point to that. So, yeah, it's interesting. But I I really like where they take Wanda's character because... Truth be told, I didn't really like her at the end of WandaVision, and I kind of got the sense at the end of that that they were trying to redeem her a little bit. Um, I think there's the line where one of the characters says, they'll never know what you gave up for them. And I'm like, no, Wanda's the, the bad guy here. Like, no, this is a terrible thing that she did. No, like, don't don't give that to her. Um, so I like how, you know, she gets corrupted by a magical MacGuffin, but I do like that she goes full evil. I think that's an interesting twist. And like you said, Elizabeth Olsen sells it really, really well. Um, I want to say I read something where she was like hesitant to go in this direction at first, but she completely sells yep. it. And regardless of if she had any hesitation about it, like she seems to dive, you know, uh, head first into it. Yeah, that's that's where I land as well as like, I don't know that I love the creative decision just in general. They're, they're obviously doing the thing that the comics did. Um, I will say, I think it, it almost makes more sense uh, to do it this way than the comics, because the comics have this thing where she constantly kind of gets looped into maybe it's somebody like, giving her the magical MacGuffin. Maybe she's being corrupted that way. Um, maybe she's just kind of going mad with power or mad with insanity because things have happened to her. Um, she watched Rise of Skywalker and that's why all this happened. Rise of Skywalker. She was like, why did they she bring Palpatine She heard the words, somehow, Palpa- somehow, somehow Palpatine has returned. She was just like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting my kids back. Yeah. Somehow Palpatine has returned. It's a throne. <laughs> <laughs> immediately her hair starts floating. Yes. Um, but they, it, it's always kind of like, like early on it's okay. She gets corrupted and then it's kind of like, Oh, it wasn't your fault. It was just this other thing. Like at, at some point, I think it's Immortus who is future King, uh, a different kind of version of King, uh, who like leads her down, like sets up her life to trigger all these things. Um, and I think that is more frustrating in the comics cause it's, like he, the only story that they can really tell with her is make her evil. And then she kind of maybe gets absolved of sins, but then it's weird and awkward. And then eventually she's just the, another writer just like, Oh, I want to make her evil again. <laughs> Cause that was what I remembered yeah. when I read the comics with the Avengers. So like it is weird to have it be like a back and forth. I think this kind of works by just having her go all the way once her motivations are really clear. Um, the what's kind of driving her is obviously the dark hold, but the, it works in the sense that she, she does have a desire and a goal and she's, she's very like lucid in that regard in terms of what she's looking for. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed on the creative choice. I think it works in the execution. Um, I like how early they reveal it. 
Yeah, I, don't, I, I like how they don't yeah. like make it a a mid second act plot twist where you know she goes on the adventure for a little while and she's like, well, no, I actually summoned all those monsters we've been fighting because I'm yeah. gonna you know take America's powers. Um, well, they're like, who is this hooded figure who keeps doing terrible things? And it turns out it's Wanda. Yeah, yeah. I I remember sitting there in the theater because I I you know seeing the marketing and stuff. I'm like, oh, it's just gonna be a goofy adventure with you know, multiverse stuff. And there's probably going to be a thousand cameos. I'm probably going to be annoyed by that. We'll get to that. I like how that's handled. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Wanda will just be there as a fun supporting player. And then it's the reveal that, Oh, she made this whole, like this whole farm landscape, the serene place. Like it's just like a, a miserable nightmare. Once she removes the illusion, I'm like, Oh, that's a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about this movie. This movie, to me, I I think it could be very easily dismissed as a filler Marvel movie. If you're going to do that, this is what I want you to do. Um, of course, we have Sam Raimi, and he's doing all of his fun, creative camera work choices, and, and like it's crazy and extreme, and there's horror elements. We can get into that, because all that's fun. But I like the fact that, yes, it is just kind of a you know, straightforward Doctor Strange ad- adventure, but it's kind of got like this one interesting hook that kind of completely takes everyone by surprise. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's still like, you know, we've got like a light character arc for Doctor Strange. It's not the craziest thing you've ever seen. Um, but it's just, it's, I, I like how, how this is all handled and it doesn't feel quite as inconsequential as it maybe could have been in lesser hands. Yeah. No, I would agree. I remember after we left, Tyler, you said, guys, what if Scott Derrickson had directed this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I did go back and rewatch the first one. And I do think actually that holds up a bit better with having this one in mind. Mm. I, I, for a while, that the first Doctor Strange was my least favorite because I remember like the first time I watched it just being so completely disinterested. But I haven't seen it in however many years. And he did just release The Black Phone, which is apparently doing being quite well received so yeah what do i know but no, i i, I liked how it, it, it was executed i really like how it's directed because it doesn't feel like they hired sam raimi to use his name um it actually feels like sam raimi got to do stuff and i like that he got to make the move seemingly got to make choices he wanted to make and that they also let him make those choices to a considerable degree not just like there's going to be a zombie Doctor Strange. And it's like a two-minute scene. It's like, no, he he possesses his zombie body who's then summons a bunch of crazy demons to be his other arms. Like, it's amazing. It's so silly. Right. And I loved it. Yeah, it's a very, like, Doctor Strange solution to a yeah. problem Doctor Strange would run into. Like, a very kind of Steve yeah. Ditko-esque thing. Uh, that, I mean, a little more wild because... He still had like the comics code authority and stuff, uh, but um, yeah, it's very cool and I like it. Yeah, yeah. It just it was nice to see this like director who conjures you know certain images and certain styles in your mind get a big product product project like this. Yeah, and then actually feel like you saw him do the thing that he said he was going to do or, or that they, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It actually yeah. feels like Sam Raimi directed the movie. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, um, I, I just like how many things in the movie feel very Sam Raimi, right down to the Bruce Campbell cameo, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm given, I, I'm sure there are some people in the audience who were like, why is there this man just squirting mustard into his face and then mm-hmm. yelling in the post credit sequence? And listen, I don't know what to tell you other than that's Bruce Campbell, baby. <laughs> that's, that's what he, I, he's I, so great. I do think you definitely have to like, put like a sticky note on that scene of like it's sam raimi don't worry about it don't think about it too hard because yeah. the logic of dr strange forcing a guy to repeatedly punch himself is messed up yeah yeah completely but it's it's bruce campbell and it's a sam raimi movie so i give it a pass but yeah, like uh, yeah for sure in any other movie i feel like i'd be like Doc, no dr strange is a is even more of a jerk than i already thought he right, was right like i don't know this is kind of weird yeah it's um, more just the fun of getting to see ash punch himself in the face right yeah um yeah i I definitely between this and eternals like this is what i want from marvel movies now like and i know these both of those movies are not like super like universally loved particularly eternals but i like these are very two different Mm -hmm. directions that are exactly what i'm talking about where it's like you can have each of your marvel movies feel very different from each other just do new things just and make sure they look pretty both of these movies look great in very different ways this is like i mean it's top five easy i think for the mcu just in terms of how good the movie looks like the the effects and the practical stuff yeah because sam raimi is a director who knows how to do things uh Mm -hmm. it's it's so well done and it's so well handled um you can tell he's come a long way since Spider-Man 3 or whatever uh, in terms of... There's a couple of wonky things that kind of reminded me of that. The, uh, Doctor Strange's third eye does not look good. Sure. sure, but that's like... Yeah, but it has that, has that great musical sting, though. It does have oh. the incredible... Oh, yeah, music. no, that's... I mean, it, per, it's perfectly put together. It's just the visual effect is not good. Well, I, right. that to me is like... That's sort of the campiness, and that's fine with me. I'm I'm saying sure. like, like the Doctor Strange being a zombie with the wings... Looks yeah. fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, and then you, you look at Venom from Spider-Man Three, and you're like, <laughs> "We've come a long way, both in terms of what's possible and in terms of how Sam Raimi uses CGI, probably because he probably didn't care all that much about <laughs> the way that movie looked." Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I feel like just as like a stylistic piece. I mean, no, it's not you know French cinema, uh, but. It's really nice. It's really nice to get something that feels like a director's vision. Yeah. Uh, it's playing within the sandbox, but it, it does feel like it's its own thing. Uh, and I I mean, I feel like maybe the most successful attempt at that of kind of... I would say so. MCU or DCU, if we're talking... Because that's the other thing, you know, with the oh, yeah. DCU is that people will say, well, they get to do all their own fun, like side things and have artistic visions and stuff like that and so that's that's why the dcu is great um i guess maybe you could argue james gunn with the suicide squad but sure. also and, we get and maybe james wan with aquaman maybe but I kind of that that feels just more like yeah i guess it is it is pretty visually appealing um i don't know i i, I think that in terms of saying like uh I'm thinking of how people say, oh, Winter Soldier, it's a political thriller. And it's like, yeah, I guess <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's a, a tense action movie uh, that deals with the government. 
sort of. <laughs> that, yeah, you're you're not totally wrong. But this feels like it is its own. It is a you know it's a light horror movie, but it is creepy. <laughs> there's there's some yeah. messed up stuff in it, uh, and it feels like you they've they've taken that angle. It ends with Doctor Strange opening his third eye in the middle of the street uh, mm-hmm. instead of kind yep. of like a fun or instead of having like a nice uh, bow on the movie. Um, it, it feels like an actual vision, uh, compared to, I don't know, like anything else that we've really, yeah. Like, I I don't know. I I think, you know, Zack Snyder has made the like flavor of the week joke about the MCU. Uh, and I think that also applies pretty well to the DCU and like it's nice to see movies that are okay these are actually they work cohesively inside of this universe but it's something different um right and i agree i want to see more yeah well and i definitely i remember when the movie first premiered i saw someone on social media be like oh dr stranger but leave the kids at home and i was like yeah all, mm-hmm. all, all right sure but then but then when i saw it i was like oh no i get it like it's pretty horrifying for a child like yeah there's some pretty intense stuff there's a a tentacle demon that's got a bunch of crazy tendrils that are all gross and then it dies by getting its giant eye ripped out like yeah it's pretty it's pretty haunting and there's zombies and stuff um and i i we were talking about the disney plus shows i for whatever limited shelf life i am discovering that they have even the ones that i've liked uh I really do appreciate that all of those shows. I shouldn't say appreciate because I don't like that word. I really do like that those shows feel like they've been given the room to try something creatively different, whether it's the the novelty stuff of WandaVision or the sort of brushing up against social political stuff in Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the weirdness of Loki and the some of the narrative choices in Moon Knight, like and I haven't seen Ms. Marvel yet, but it feels like they have let the Disney Plus shows get a little more daring for what this universe is. And it was nice to see that they were willing to do that in a movie and they didn't feel like they had to keep playing it safe in the movies. They're like, well, we're really experimental on TV, but the movies are still, you know, mm-hmm. four quadrant hits. And they're like, no, you can just make this. You can just make this a Sam Raimi movie. You can just go for it. And I... I it was nice to see them give that room because that is something that I do like about the Disney Plus. I don't hate the Disney Plus shows. It's just like I said, they have a limited shelf life for me. But I, I, I like that they have a sense of, OK, you're trying to do something and it's something unconventional. I, I like the attempt and sure. Good job. So I like that we got we got that in a in your big opening weekend uh, start of summer movie. I think one other place where this movie really excels is just using its supporting cast. Yeah. Um, I think I really like how Wong is handled. And yes. by that, I mean, I'm glad that he just has things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, when did he become Sorcerer Supreme? That happens off screen between Infinity War and Endgame. And we only know that because it's passing dialogue in No Way Home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. There's a yeah. There's a there's a there's a crack where Doctor Strange is like, yeah, I I was gone for five years and he. Ended oh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. Okay, so it wasn't a chillin', is what I'm hearing. Correct. There was not a okay. there's not a magical animal that said Doctor Strange was not worthy. 
Okay. Um, I love Benedict Wong as an actor. I think he's wonderful, and I think Wong is a great character, and I agree. He's delightful in this. Yeah. And there's also a green minotaur who's mm-hmm. a wizard. Yeah, I was curious about that because I know this movie, I think a lot of people were concerned about it, and obviously we'll get into the, the Illuminati stuff, but I think this is one of those cases where there was stuff that was reshot and they kind of had to restructure the movie and... I'm not sure how quickly Sam Raimi had to kind of pull the story together. I think he kind of came up with the story. It wasn't what Scott Derrickson was originally going to do. Um, But it seems like there was stuff that maybe was left on the cutting room floor, like with some of the side characters at the the, kind of the temple where they fight uh, Wanda. Um, And then, of course, everyone was like, oh, there was uh, Deadpool was supposed to be in the movie or, you know, Tom Cruise was supposed to be in here as Iron Man. Of course, most of that's probably not true. Um, but I, I do wonder how much of the movie was um, had to be reshot. There were a couple of places I noticed where Benedict Wong's, his hair was mm. different. I'm like, oh, that, that must have been a reshoot. Um, but nothing more than that really stuck out to me. Yeah, I, I didn't even thought about that. Um I I like that the movie's not just Cameo City. I understand yeah. I understand the assumption that it would be, and I understand the desire for it to be, but I think the movie is more evergreen for it not being Cameo City. First of all, I, there are some fun cameos, but secondly, I like this movie chose between, we can be a fun flavor of the month, like play on a bunch of jokes and memes and stuff, or we can, you know, tell a story i think the first time i saw it part of me was like oh i feel like they didn't go to a lot of universes and like really spend some time in there and i went well we're not gonna watch if i want that i'll watch that episode of family guy like what yeah you know or i'll I'll go pull out my uh my xbox 360 copy of uh marvel ultimate alliance and i'll just play sure. that <laughs> um there's like 30 characters in that game that i can play <laughs> as um yeah, I, I really like how, how they use kind of the multiverse angle of this and how it's like, okay, we've got this group of characters and it's a bunch of cameos and, and fun references, but they are used for a plot purpose. It's not literally just two hours of them hopping between dimensions and, oh, hey, look, it's Hugh Jackman. No, oh, hey, it's Brian right. Reynolds. Oh, hey, Ben Affleck, Daredevil. Like, we don't, we don't do that. Yeah. Um, and I was really, really worried that, that that's what we were going to do. Um, but I think from a general audience perspective... I think the original plan was that this was supposed to come out before No Way Home Mm. and that America Chavez was supposed to play Doctor Strange's part in No Way Home, but then they kind of had to restructure everything. Um, I think from a general audience perspective, that ends up hurting this movie after seeing No Way Home because I think that sets up expectations for cameos Mm -hmm. that this movie is not even trying to deliver on. Yeah. Um, which is not a fault of either movie. I think it's just a weird kind sure. of jump in scale. Yeah. Well, and again, I think with internet rumors and also just audience desire, people start feeling like they've been promised something just because they can make it make sense in their heads. Yeah. They can be like, oh, I can see how they would do this. Well, if they don't do it, they failed. And it's like, no, they never told you they were going to do that. Yeah. Well, I think also part of the concern, and this is kind of a criticism that I've really started to feel about, marvel movies and just marvel stuff in general is that it's not so much about living in the moment and enjoying the story that's currently being told it's just 
we're we've got a couple of fun member berry type things to get you excited for the next thing yeah so like it feels like with some movies it's like i don't even care about the movie i'm watching i it's it's just we're prepping you for the post credit scene um and this movie i felt like it towed the line very well where i wasn't even thinking about that sure and then charlie theron showed up at the end i was like okay that's that's neat Mm -hmm. yeah no i'm sure it'll be fine (laughs) have sam raimi like do a a doctor strange movie like every two or three years like i i'm totally cool with that that would be so much fun and apparently he he actually likes doctor strange quite a bit like it's not it's not just it's not just spider-man was his one marvel obsession apparently he was a big doctor strange fan as well so it's cool that they kind of i mean his his spider-man's very 60s spider-man so it doesn't surprise me if he's like yeah i love this stuff going on in the classic doctor strange runs uh, or run um yeah i feel like i i think it strikes a good balance of showing using the other universes to show like how strange could have done worse than sacrificing tony stark <laughs> and like yeah getting into why he like what are some of the other examples of places or of, of paths he could have taken uh yeah. to try and defeat thanos and, and why he said that there was only one one true like path forward um i think that's really interesting i think it helps uh reflect on like okay our universe is a universe where wanda went bad uh it could have easily been one of the other ones where wanda's fine but strange went bad like i think that that plays better especially because the dark hold is always kind of the corrupting influence um so i i i think that they use the multiverse concept well here and yeah i think it would have been crazy to or it wouldn't wouldn't have worked to go crazy with all the other stuff <laughs> um yeah yeah and i think they do a really good job with the illuminati cameos of for the most part i know there's still john krasinski's kind of up in the air it's my understanding that that was more just hey that's a fan cast thing so we'll just throw them in here as a, as a fun wink and a nod um but i think they do a very good job of like no we're not setting up these specific actors to play these parts going forward these are just like fun novelties for this story like patrick stewart is not playing professor x right, in right. a dozen more x-men movies you know um i don't think they would do that much with uh peggy carter as captain britain unless they decide to do more what if animated stuff um and Lashana Lynch is dead at this point, I guess. In, I think because yeah, she was in the '90s and then she aged and then she died during the blip. I think. Don't remember. I think I think you're right, but I yeah. couldn't tell you for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like how it's not that that I don't know. It's just very very well handled. I liked how they they kind of picked everyone for that. Um. So Patrick Stewart was in the '90s animated version of that was why he was in the little vacuum cleaner that's what i'm a little bit confused about because they that this version of professor x feels like an amalgam of various things so when he shows up he's wearing he's got the weird yellow hover chair thing that is from the 90s show okay and a version of the 90s theme plays when he kind of rolls out and says oh you know we should tell him the truth about what happened to him um 
but then he throws out dialogue from Days of Future Past. He well, throws out the line that just because someone is lost and and uh, you know has lost their way, I mean, um, doesn't mean they're they're gone forever. You know, something to that effect. Um, which I don't even know if that quite makes sense in this context because they are not dealing with the same version of Strange that did indeed lose his way in their world. Um, so I'm not sure if that that quite works. Um, but they they seem to be throwing together kind of it's it's just kind of a you know several different elements of Professor X as the general audience knows him kind the, of uh, together. I mean, I feel like because he also does the like he puts his fingers on his on his temple and. I think yeah. there's even like a whooshing sound um, when he's Probably. like viewing, uh, getting into Wanda's head. Um, so I feel like the idea is definitely that he's the 90s Xavier. Maybe every Xavier just eventually says that, you know, maybe that's just a line that every Xavier eventually comes around to. I think they like it. Uh, so I, I I feel like that was kind of the idea. It's like, yeah, it's kind of the 90s Xavier in this universe. Um <clears throat> I I think it's a good collection of cameos because they're all kind of interesting. And also, I mean, this is now two movies that I've done what Deadpool 2 did not do successfully. Uh, right. Because I've complained about this, how in Deadpool 2 there is the scene where they murder a bunch of people that we like and also are, are good comics characters. They're kind of just like, hey, we're going to kill them all. Uh, and I was very annoyed that they did that instead of having it be like, at least be a bunch of cameos or something like that. That would be fun because that's a weird case because uh, Brad Pitt's one of the cameos, but then also like Matt Damon and uh, Alan, Alan Tudyk, that's the other one, are in that movie in a different set of cameos. I'm like, well, why didn't you just have them in there? I still and, argue that they should have had the actor Hugh Jackman show up as yeah, himself. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. Um, and... Then in both A, the Suicide Squad kills a bunch of characters in a fun way that is like very much part of the movie uh, and very enjoyable uh, because we know all the characters and they're the actors are, are hamming it up and uh, it is just a bunch of like cameos, basically. Um, and then similarly in this, you've got these characters. We don't really need to see them again. We know all of them. Uh, they can make references that we th that are fun uh, and then you can murder all of them and it's like we're establishing Wanda as an even more credible threat. Uh, we're establishing the idea of like this Illuminati group and the fact that there are like different configurations of superhero teams in other universes. Um, and, you know, doing all these things that kind of play off of the, what's been set up in the MCU. Uh, but it's also not like super upsetting that they're dead. <laughs> it's like, Oh, they were kind of jerks. Okay. Sounds good. Oh, I, I didn't mention Anson Mountain as yeah. Black Bolt, which horrifying death, mm -hmm. but also just the fact that we're, we're just pulling from that long forgotten uh, Inhuman show. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yep, we've got him. I didn't like that he had an all CG suit, which I'm sure I, was not distracting to anyone but me. I don't love his suit, and a lot of people do. Uh, and I think what it is to me is that the comic version of the suit it is. It does look like the comic version of the suit, but I think the colors. So there's something off about the colors to me and the way it translates when you see it on the screen. Um, as I feel like it should almost be more like 
it's black and silver and it's supposed to be, but I feel like it almost needs to look more black and white. Like the silver needs to pop more. Uh, and so I don't, I don't love the design. I feel like a lot of other comic book fans are really on board with the design. So maybe I'm just crazy, but it doesn't quite work for me. Uh, and I've, I've had that thought both times I've seen, I've not seen the show, so I can't, I can't speak to if it's any different there, but I want to say he just wears like a long black trench coat that has like some of the design on it, but he doesn't have the the helmet or mask. Um, The helmet's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little bulky, I will say. Maybe that's part of the problem. I I will I will nitpick Black Bolt's design all day. If it's okay, they 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 took care of the bulkiness when uh, his head. That's true. Freed up some space. (laughs) Made it a little roomier. Yeah, how did you guys feel about that? Because I, I, obviously we, we had the setup with like the giant octopus with the eye and, you know, that's kind of shocking. And I, you know, I, I think we all agreed. It's like, oh, you know, we're, we, you know, this movie's going to be just fine <laughs> after we saw that. How, how did we feel about the, the Illuminati like murder scene? Because um, I thought I was I was not expecting it to go there. <laughs> yeah. And not just Black Bolt, like the way Mr. Fantastic goes out. He, like, his head pops and uh not just that he gets pulled apart first yeah <laughs> <laughs> well the reason i asked about xavier is because i wanted to say i thought the chair looked silly um i <laughs> thought uh yeah that's You're right a, that seems pretty fun um it does briefly become an episode of the boys which is cool mm-hmm. and i kind of respect when th- there is a very it is it is it is a hard needle to thread. So I like when a movie is able to just kind of say F you to the audience in a way that doesn't feel mean mm-hmm. or make me unhappy. And I kind of like this movie went, no, we're going to kill him. <laughs> we're just going to kill him all. We're going to bisect Captain Carter. Deal mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> like, It's almost and, worse uh, that we don't see the shield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of similar to Black Bolt. Like Black Bolt, his head doesn't explode. It just like which they definitely wouldn't allow for in in one of these of movies. Course. But it, it's almost worse. Like it's almost more horrifying yeah. to look at him with this like dent in his head. As yeah, he, as it's, like the light goes out of his eyes. Yeah. It's like oh, the ima- yeah, because it's what you can imagine. Yeah, that she just him rigid his brain, and she like yeah, she unspools. Yeah, Krasinski. Yeah, no, I I thought it was good because and the shield is bloody. By the way, yeah, I do want to yeah, yeah. <laughs> emphasize no, that. And then, like, they just she kind of crushes um, Lashana Lynch with a bunch of rubble and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she makes Patrick Stewart get really tired and have to lay down. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was... I, I like that the movie was was clement enough to not get as graphic as, as the boys, obviously, but also to not um, to not hold back either. I don't know. I, I kind of respected that scene. Well, and with the... Um the professor x scene something that i that stuck out to me more watching it this time around um he's inside her brain and it's like this giant white space and then this blood red smoke starts pouring in and it's a horrifying sight like it's it's just very creepy uh which sam raimi is good at um but yeah i i think that it, it's a great it does a great job of that. I'm glad that Xavier is just kind of like, okay, his, his neck gets snapped, I think, uh, in, in the dream. And so he kind of snaps his neck in, in real life. And, and that's that. Um, 
I like that that's not super graphic for Xavier. I think yeah. that would have been uncomfortable. Yeah, um, it'd be too much. But it's fun that the rest of them get brutally murdered. Uh, I think it's really effective. Uh, and I think it sets up a lot um, that I hope they'll play on in the, in the future. I think we can kind of get into this um, maybe it, maybe later on in the podcast about like just what are they doing with some of these things. Um, because if they continue to have like multiverse stuff come into play, then I think this gives them a really good foundation of like, there's going to be other universes that are weird and have characters that are kind of like ours, uh, but they're different. And sometimes, you know, they're more arrogant or they're like, they don't sure. Uh, they haven't made the decisions that the, the like self-sacrificial decisions that the heroes in the main universe have made. And so, that's an interesting contrast. And I think that comes across really well. Um, just all around. I, I'm a big fan of the yeah. execution of the execution. So. Yeah. And then, the, and then it follows up with that scene of Wanda standing on top of a building saying, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. What did we, we want to actually talk about Dr. Strange. We haven't actually talked a, about Dr. Strange. Just the, about the titular uh dr strange mm-hmm. yeah i um it's funny because this is a dr strange is a character this isn't someone who's really registered with me like i mentioned the previous movie wasn't big on me i think he works really well as a supporting character um in ragnarok or no way home or the the avengers like infinity war and stuff um and i think cumberbatch is is solid you know he's a good actor and i, th- I think he does nicely with it um i i i think he, he's not one of the reasons I like this movie, but he's not a hindrance to the movie at all. Um, I do think he's good in the movie. He's just, yeah, good job, buddy. You're kind of like the avatar and the engine through which, uh, it's kind of like if you were playing a really, really fun, like PlayStation one platformer, like a really fun game, but you didn't really care about the main character. You're like, sure. yeah, this guy's fine. He's not, he's no Spyro the dragon, but he's fine. Or she, they're fine. They're cool. Whatever. But man, I really love the gameplay. This is such a fun world to, mess around in kind of like that sure no gex that's my review of dr strange 2 hashtag he's, he's no, gex. no no gex uh yeah no i i actually think that this maybe adds a good bit to him yes as a character um just because it it's so tight like the way it really identifies like how can we draw something out of the past movies and what it does with that is the he has to be the one who's always holding the knife at the end of the movie instead of uh sacrificing america chavez he's like hey america you can do it i believe in you uh you, you know fig- figure it out with wanda um <clears throat> i i think that that works really well and there's a good through line there um just of him being confronted with these these other versions of himself and how easy it is for him to be corrupted. He does still use the dark hold, um, but he also helps it get destroyed. So, you know, I guess it balances out more or less. And now he has three eyes, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I think that that, uh, that comes across pretty strongly. Um, it does. He does definitely get shifted around sometimes, especially for Wanda uh it's kind of like okay we can put dr strange over here for now and we have to deal with whatever whatever comes um i'd say it's almost i mean they're kind of dual 
prota- I mean, Wanda's the antagonist, but in terms of yeah, screen yeah. time, like they're kind of dual main characters. Uh, but it almost is like Wanda gets more. Um, it's almost like the Avengers and Thanos and Infinity War. Sure. Um, so that's interesting, but I think still it comes across pretty strongly. I really like how he kind of comes to terms with, uh, <laughs> is it Rachel? Right. It's Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Christine. There we go. Christine. But okay. it's a uh, Christine. I was really hoping I didn't just like come up with a random name off the top of my head and assume that was correct. Uh, yeah. Ingrid. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Anya Taylor joy. <laughs> this movie could have, this movie could have magic from the new mutants. Show up. It could, it could. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think that I, I was th- I was thinking the Northman, like <laughs> right that too. Well, gets, she just gets she needs, real weird. She needs to be more like she is in the Northman in terms of the performance, but she could be magic sure. the the character who is allegedly in the New Mutants. Um, Doctor Strange is good in this, is my conclusion. <laughs> no, I agree. I I definitely like that they actually had a through line with his character arc because I feel like one place where they've kind of I don't know if drop the ball is the right word because none of these other movies were really focused on him aside from the first Doctor Strange movie. I feel like I've kind of lost a sense of who he is as a character. And, you know, I talked about with No Way Home, I think he kind of just makes really dumb, poorly thought out decisions in that just to get the script going. Um, Which now that you mentioned that, it would make a lot more sense if that was America Chavez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you get into this one and the whole idea that he's just a control freak and he doesn't know how to move on from his past like that. All right. That's a very clean cut way to go. And I really, really like that. Um, it was, it was giving me vanilla sky vibes, um, because there is a repeated line in that of what is happiness to you. Um, Uh, and people keep asking him throughout mm -hmm. this movie, are you happy? Um, so I, I, I like, I like the through line of all that stuff and yeah, Definitely the fact that he kind of has to give up control at the very end and kind of let America take over. I think that's all very, very neatly done. And then on top of that, Wanda's not a villain at the very end. I I really yeah. like how they basically make her Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2, where it's like she's taken over and corrupted by this you know thing that's outside of her control, and she's a bad guy for most of it. But she ultimately does redeem herself, and I like the extra added bonus of she didn't destro- just destroy her the dark hold in the main MCU. She destroyed every iteration of the dark hold throughout the multiverse. I thought that was really nice. And I'm like, okay, so she did. She redeemed herself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sort of (laughs) to, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, she literally saved every other universe from being corrupted by that. I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a big win. I put that (laughs) in the W column, (laughs) sir. How many, how many deaths? How many, and what, what's the balance? What's the, how many John Krasinski's how, did you yeah, take? How, how worthwhile? Uh, no, I, yeah, I agree. I like that that's kind of the angle they take is that, that last moment, like, okay, I, I'm <clears throat> seeing the error of my ways. I think that they do a really good job of that with having her realize what she looks like now to, or what, what she's kind of become, uh, and oh, the way the way the alternate universe kids react yeah. to her yeah, and right. them trying to protect their version of their mother like yeah. that is all yeah. really really well done terrific and yeah. i i love that they give the other wanda agency to go up and confront her and be like know that i'm gonna take care of them they're gonna live happy lives i'm gonna love yeah. them yeah um 
I think all of that is is just super important, and that kind of washes away for me any sort of reservations about Wanda being a villain in the movie. Sure. No, yeah. I, I I would agree. So this is something that I am curious. What did you all assume that Wanda is dead? I know we don't see a body, but talking about the main universe, Wanda. Because I think a lot of people are kind of like assuming that she'll come back. I don't know if they will. Because there's a, I want to say at the end of this movie, we see her, see her maybe like going somewhere. The the uh, not main universe Wanda, the eight thirty eight. I think is the world. Um, isn't there like one more, or maybe it's just she's holding her kids or something at the end. Um, yeah, I think that's it. There is um when everything is collapsing at the end, we do see like a, yeah. an explosion of red. So I, I don't know if it's Wanda like teleporting or doing something. But so my interpretation maybe? of that is that that's her destroying the dark hold. And I feel like we're going to continue okay. to get Wanda as a character because there's this alternate universe version of her. Um, my comics brain goes to the fact that there's a <clears throat> kind of it's Avengers. It's more young Avengers arc uh, that deals with Wanda. Uh, it's called the children's crusade. And it's about like basically finding Wanda again after she wipes out all the mutants uh, in house of him. And I wonder if we're going to get something like that where, cause they are setting up the young Avengers for sure. It feels like now they have America Chavez. She can hop in and bring, uh, I don't know, Haley Steinfeld and, um, the other young <laughs> superheroes they've set up. Uh, there's other ones. Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. Yeah. I, I, she might be more of a... I feel like they're going to do like a Young Avengers and a Thunderbolts. A, a Dark Avengers oh, kind of sure. thing. So I think that's where Florence Pugh's headed. Um, Am I finally going to get my uh, superhero team versus supervillain team that I've been waiting for in a, in a big movie? I think movie? maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious where they're going with this. Um... Because that's one thing we haven't gotten yet in any of the big crossovers. We haven't gotten a team fighting a team. Yeah. I mean, we've gotten, like, superheroes fighting superheroes, sure, like with Civil War. Yeah. But we've never gotten, like, the Justice League versus the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Like, we, we yeah. haven't gotten that. Doomsday is a team of rocks. That's true. Spiky rocks. Yeah. So is my brain when I'm watching BBS. <laughs> uh, I was going to say so Patriot is the other person that has been mm. set up. Oh yeah. Yeah. They entered him in uh, Falcon. Winter yeah. Yep. Um, and I feel like I might still be missing one more. Oh, um, the Ant-Man's daughter, um, who's oh, going to yeah. be in Quantumania, I believe. Um, because in the comics, I think she, does she get the same powers? I don't know. Something like that. Anyway. Um, point is, I think that, they might that might be kind of where they pull in both all those younger Avenger, Avengers characters and then have like that universe's Wanda be kind of the the new Wanda moving forward who's been affected by uh, this and kind of knows the backstory with the other Wanda and um, probably is going to have fighting words with uh... <laughs> my brain is. I, I, I haven't French. mentioned this. I was going to mention this in recommendations, but I have had COVID recently. <laughs> so my brain is a little foggy. Um, 
your 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 brain is a team of rocks. My brain is a team of rocks. Uh, I don't <laughs> want to know what would happen if I try to watch BBS right now because it could just get real bad. Uh, I can only assume good things. Maybe so. Maybe it would have it would have the reverse effect. BBS is the cure for COVID. <laughs> All right. Well, you said in a podcast, <laughs> it's it's legally binding. That's true. Um, <laughs> who's M- Mordo? Mordo. There we go. Oh, Baron Mordo. Baron Mordo. Trilogy Four. Yeah. Um. I uh, I imagine that that universe's Mordo is gonna like be doing stuff because he's like he's the only one surviving from the Illuminati, um, so I feel like that's where they're going with that. I don't really expect us to see Wanda who went evil and died theoretically again, uh, but I, a I, lot of I people. Hope, I hope they keep her. I dead. think that would be I, a I shame don't... if they did it that way, and yeah. I feel like they've now set up the other universe Wanda to like. I think that makes more sense to do it that way. So I don't know. I'm I'm very curious. What they do, uh, albino vision is still out there somewhere. Uh, so yeah, he's gonna come into play, I assume, at some point. So yeah. Um, I do like what they did with Mordo. Um, if you're not gonna pull in the one that we saw in the last movie, um, I'm perfectly fine with having like an alternate universe version. Um. Because apparently they were originally going to pitch the MCU's Mordo because he his mission at the end of uh, the first Doctor Strange is I'm going to stop anyone with magic. Like, I'm going to kill him because um, everyone using magic is unholy or, mm-hmm. or whatever. They, it messes with the order of things. Um, they were going to set it up where he goes and tries to hunt down Wanda after what happens in WandaVision and she just kills him. Yeah. Which I think would have been a horrible waste of that character yeah. so i'm glad that they kind of just save him for another movie if they want to use him yeah i'd agree no notes and also it's cool to see chiotelagia for in things yeah. yeah i like him a lot he's great what do we think of uh zochi gomez as I, I really liked her i was expecting to be kind of annoyed by her i thought they were going to just do kind of a very stereotypical spunky kid who yeah, doesn't yeah. know the ropes mm-hmm. and is just kind of annoying to everyone yeah um but no it's cool I she... things like cage the rage grandpa seriously like <laughs> something like that <laughs> um but i i thought she was really really likable i i would i could see her carrying her own movie yeah i i know it, not surprisingly there was a lot of internet hate because she's you know dared to be latinx and they wrote her as having two mothers um i thought she did you know she's fine I, she, she's not bad mm. in a lot of ways it's like yep that's acting yep there you go <laughs> you did it but also they never get uh, she's a young actor so like um, this is not a venerated some you know legendary actor didn't show up and like phone it in so it's you know i'm not complaining but uh yeah, I, I they don't ask too much of her. I think she does a fine yep. job. I, I I like the character. I'm interested to see more of what she does. So yep. I do wonder because they they set her up where she's just training a camartage, right? Mm-hmm. I I do wonder what she will show up in next. If they're just going to kind of save her for the next Doctor Strange movie, or if they'll be like, all right, she's she's been trained now, yeah. so she's going to do things. I did um, realize yeah. I also Miss Marvel when I was talking about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Probably. Yep. Yeah. That's, more a, sense. that's a big <laughs> She um, could show up in I do the also, Marvels. I she do might also show up like in Marvel. Marvel. I don't know. I haven't seen a new episode. That's true. Um 
I, I do like how this movie returns to form that if you want to learn magic, you need training. Um, the ending where, sure. where America starts training, I'm like, Ned didn't have to train. Well, it's fine. I, I still have problems with that, I but that's that's whatever. I think it's fine. That that Minotaur had to train. Yeah. yeah he I, did. I, I alternately want I alternately want that Minotaur to get his own TV show or to barely ever be utilized because I kind of like that there just is a magic Minotaur mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't have to talk about it. It's kind of like I recently read the the Jim Starlin Infinity Gauntlet mm-hmm. book, which is wonderful. But in one of the I think it's when Adam Warlock is in the Soul Gym. Is yep. it the Soul Gym, Tyler? Yep. Yeah. There's this like green face <laughs> with arms and legs that's just standing there and it's like, ah! mm-hmm. and it's in one panel and it's amazing. <laughs> it's this fascinating design of this bizarre creature. And I kind of liked it like, nope, we're d- don't worry about it. Yep. Goodbye. And that's what I like. I liked there's this, this ma- magic minotaur hanging out in wherever they are. Cambertage just like doing magic and with an earring and being like, I agree. She's she's taking down our defenses. <laughs> like, come on, guys, we gotta do something about this. I think great. I think he should meet up with Korg. I think they should have a buddy cop show. Hey, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, I I do like how beyond the Illuminati scene, I I do like that we have multiple horror sequences in this. Like the scene after Wanda has kind of decimated Camartage and they're kind of hiding in one of the rooms and they're like, oh God, she can get through anything reflective, cover all the water. Like all of that was. Yeah. And she comes like just delightful. Yes. Once she like following them around in the sewers later. Yeah. She had like a few jump scares and her eyes were all glowing red. Yeah. I, I, I know she's kind of augmented by the <clears throat> the dark hole power in this, but I really like that this has a continuation of the fact that she's I mean she already did create or not create but uh remake a town uh in in a reality bubble for a minute there um but also going back to Endgame, you know she's the one who basically drives Thanos to blow up his own men to get away because she's totally overpowering him. Um, I really like that. That's a through line of like, Oh, she's real strong. Uh, yeah. And that they're continuing to, to do things with that. Um, I really want them to bring back the other universe Wanda and have her kind of pick up from a different place and hopefully still be as powerful because that is one of the things about making her evil in this and that goes back to the comics. That's not, it's not just the movie. Um, but it's the thing of like, you have a character who, or a, a female character who gets a ton of power and then goes evil. The trope happens a lot and things. Um, and that's kind of going back to why I have mixed feelings about the choice at the onset to go with that. Um, but I'd really like to see that continue to be the case of like, Oh no, yeah, no, she's, she's crazy powerful. And, we found this other universe version of her that is uh, going to help us out and also is going to be, you know, one of our heavy, heavy hitters. So I like that. She is uh, pretty scary when she's wrecking Conversage. Yeah. Uh, how did we feel about Christine and uh, Rachel McAdams? I was actually kind of surprised that they brought her back mm-hmm. because she's she's fairly mm-hmm. inconsequential in the first one. It's just kind of yeah. like... She's the token love interest. They have a past. He pushes her away, and then he shows remorse about yeah. that. Um, 
her hair looked yeah. weird in the other universe. Yeah, I think they there just kind it. of went on like full on. <laughs> I know you were doing a, a funny pun with Jean Grey, but it's like full, like yeah, yeah. really like ruby red hair. Mm-hmm. Like we're yeah. gonna make it look different, that type of thing. Yeah, but no, I, Rachel McAdams is an undervalued, underutilized actor in things. She can be so wonderful, yeah. and uh, and I, I I liked her in this, and I liked, I liked that the the story between that Christine and Strange was not him trying to like create a new romantic relationship with her, but rather understanding the relationship he had with his Christine through this Christine. Right. Yeah. And getting to like come to terms with it. And with that scene where he's like, I love every version of you doesn't feel like him going. So we should be together. But him being like, I just have to accept that this isn't going to happen because of choices I've made, but I will, I do feel this way. It's it's quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I like the, the fact that this, if I'm remembering correctly, I feel like this is the only movie that's really had a character who is, like, dealing with the effects of the blip, like, directly. Because um, Far From Home, for Spider-Man, all his friends also kind of got blipped, so there's not a lot of, like, oh, other people have moved on. And we've seen yeah. a lot of side characters who, like, the um, the other, is it a doctor or, or nurse? I forget the, the actor's name who has a... a Michael Stuhlbarg's character. Yeah, I forget... Um, basically someone who used to work with Dr. Strange uh, is talking about like, well, my brother passed on while I was, you know, blipped and I came back and he was gone. Um, and this actually has like one of our main heroes have, you know, something that was impacted by being gone for those five years. Uh, yeah. Whereas a lot of the other heroes were here the whole time uh, or just, you know, like a Spider-Man, it kind of was like, eh, we'll make this work. Um, or it's explored in Endgame with uh, Ant-Man. You know, like, there's... Um, oh yeah, Ant-Man's... That's a whole other thing. Anyway, <laughs> there's... Uh, I, I think that the movie does a really good job of, of tying that into, like, everything that Strange is already feeling about what he did during Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. And making that kind of a big package of like that movie mattered like that movie had big consequences they didn't just put everything back neatly together at the end um and i i really appreciated i think a lot of phase four for doing it that way obviously they're, they're giving a lot of just general attention to the blip they're not always doing like plots centered around it necessarily um but this one feels like from a emotional perspective it's it's the closest that's that one of the characters has really dealt with it so uh, I like it, and I would like them to continue thinking about things <laughs> as they move forward. <laughs> I like the motif with his watch, which mm-hmm. is actually something that is in the first Doctor Strange movie, um, and just the image of him replacing it and up- updating it at the end of like, oh, so these these scars, this this thing that he has not let go of, he is finally kind of, you know, turning over a new leaf. He's accepting it and kind of improving things in his life and moving mm-hmm. forward. Uh, just as as a symbol i think that that's just really really eloquent yeah and i like that he's he sets it in his in his little box and he's kind of like all right yeah i've i've fixed this and i'm i'm moving on because it's a very it's like i'm i'm trying to work on something that was broken inside of me uh i don't need to like then wear it and i don't know i think that that's an interesting choice uh that's just like a subtle little layer to it of it's like he has a compulsion to constantly be trying to be in control of things and uh, 
fix the world around him. And it's like, I'm just going to do this little, little change and set it away and, you know, accept myself. And then I'm going to grow a third eye and it's great. <laughs> um, I do like the exchange he has with Wong as well. When they're at Kamartage where, you know, he asks Wong, are you happy? And he's like, you know, I, I, I kind of come to terms with kind of my surroundings and, you know, I find stuff to be happy within my surroundings and even with kind of the tribulations that come with life i i you know i, I compensate for that and you know I, i'm happy with where i am and i i just like that it's just like dr strange it's good just just live in the moment a little <laughs> bit please yeah um i do i really like his confrontation with his evil self oh, yeah. um when he has to figure out how to get back to the main um mcu uh i i really like i'm not sure how i feel about the reveal about his sister um i feel like maybe that should have been in a previous movie or maybe earlier in this movie and kind of given more attention um to but i really like that as kind of a connecting line between the two of them and like oh that's where that's where it starts of him being a control freak it's because his sister died of an accident that he he couldn't save her that's why he's a he's a control freak. Um, I really like that, and I like kind of the turn that Evil Strange takes, and when you reveal that he's been corrupted by the Darkhold, um, I like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fun scene. And then we've got them throwing magical musical notes at each other, and it's... it's yeah, totally that's cool. fantastic. I really like that part. The score yeah. for this movie is very good. It's probably the best thing Danny Elfman's done in a while. Uh, probably. It, it works in some of the Giacchino score um, mm-hmm. and kind of makes it more subtle in places and, and kind of takes, takes it on its own. Um, but then also, yeah, you like it, it kind of transfers into the music that they're playing, uh, which is like a cool sort of fourth wall type thing. Um, I don't even know how to really describe Like, it's just a really cool, it's a really neat scene that just suddenly comes out of nowhere and is super engaging to watch. Um, and yeah, I, I think that the, uh, the metal that is used occasionally is great. Uh, there's some like yeah. twangs of just like electric guitar when, uh, Wanda is searching through the multiverse for, uh, like who to, I think she, she's looking for where America Chavez would, I guess. Um, and like there's actual like guitar in the score which is crazy and fun and weird and they keep doing that stuff like that whenever the third eye opens um it's neat i like it no yeah i I think it's a very good score i have nothing else to say about the movie i guess (laughs) or nothing else that's coming to mind is a dire uh talking point yeah i don't think i've got anything either i liked it uh, do we want to do grades and then Tyler can speculate for half an hour? Sure. I've said some of it, <laughs> but I am. Yeah. Well, all will become clear. That's what Feige keeps saying. You know? As as he waves his hand in front of the reporters. Right. Uh, in a Feige <laughs> mind trick. Hey, they're going to Comic-Con. We, you know. That's true. They, they, that was big. They're not going to do it at, do do the movie reveals at D23 or whatever. Why is it called 23? I don't know. There's <laughs> probably a reason I don't care. Sure. Because Walt Disney always ate 23 cupcakes on this day, and we honor his legacy. 
Yeah, good. Um, I give it. Yeah, canon. I give it. Uh, what are you guys giving it? Actually, I don't know. Um, I think I'm gonna go B plus right now. Uh, I I think it, it has room to move to the A range. Um, if it kind of stays in my mind. Uh, I, I really like this, and like I said, if for a kind of you know quote unquote filler standalone Marvel movie, this is exactly what I want. Um, it's got some problems, just some, some minor things, but you know it, I think it holds together rather well, and I like the the artistic flourishes that Sam Raimi brings to this, and it does genuinely feel like it's the movie that he wanted to make, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not just the next Marvel movie. So, like I said, give him. Doctor Strange is a property and let him do these every two to three years. Yeah. Just keep rolling. <laughs> um, B plus for right now. I'm going to go A. I quite like this movie. Um, I was thinking about this beforehand. It might be in my top five MCU movies, which is weird to say, but I also, there's a lot of MCU movies I like. Um, But this one kind of sticks out to me in a way that in the same way that some of the others that I, I really, really quite like uh, do. Like, uh, I'm obsessed with Infinity War and Endgame. Um, I'd probably put Civil War kind of almost in that bunch. Um, but the only other one that really lands there for me is, like, Guardians 2. Because that one, just for whatever reason, is, like, a movie that I quite enjoy. I know that one's another one that's kind of got mixed mixed reception amongst people. Um, but yeah, I like it. It might actually be up there for me too. And I know that the B plus is a little misleading, but I think the highest grade that I've given, I think I gave infinity war an a minus mm-hmm. and civil war might've gotten an a minus as well. But yeah, it's definitely up there for me. If it's, if it's not in the top five, it's definitely in top 10. Yeah. A minus. All right. Split the difference. Yeah, that's fair. Right in the middle. I'm the meat of this grating sandwich. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and Tyler, that's the description yeah. you're adding to the episode. If you don't do it, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Right. Then Alex and I, Alex and I, will sing you a song that's like, "We like show notes <laughs> like every coach should." It's a creepy moment in the movie. <laughs> I, either either that, which is a very good idea, or Britton and I both leave for a week and leave you to review Scoob all by yourself. <laughs> hey, you know what? You'll do that, and then you'll just look, and there will be like a three-hour podcast uploaded. I'll be like, what, did, what happened here? And then I'll, it'll just be me like, I may not even have a, a, a set thing. I'll just, I'll just ramble uh, <laughs> and try to keep talking as long as possible. <laughs> And another thing about Phantom X. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, that's what I'll do. I'll just talk about the X-Men. I will, I will make my but pitch. But now, move, moving up to his boot laces, the, here's what I like and dislike about them. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll just be my solo pitch to be on the Cerebro podcast. So There you go. There, 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 there you go. All right, Tyler, now time for endless speculation. Where's Tom Hardy's Venom showing up next? Uh, Obviously... Morbius 2, which is a secret movie that's going to be released in the holiday you season. Mean Morbiously. Morbius 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm th- so sorry. My, my only thing about this is that 
I think like they talk about incursions in this movie, uh, which is the where I mean they and evil Doctor Strange is from a universe where he caused an incursion with his own universe so that the world is dying. Um, everyone's that, been wiped out. I, is that a maybe what's happening at the end of No Way Home as well? I know they don't apply the word incursion. Yeah. I just, that was a thought that occurred to me while I was watching it. It feels like the same kind of idea. Um, Although that might be multiple universes colliding on each other because there's yeah, maybe that's, different people from... I maybe that's know. even worse. <laughs> um, yeah. But... It's incursion squared. <laughs> yes. The incursion idea is basically like... Uh, it's taken from Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run and the idea is basically universes collide... Uh, and wipe each other out um like basically if they collide they both get destroyed so there's a lot of that about them trying the avengers on like a global scale trying to figure out how we're going to deal with a collision that happens and how to avoid the incursions or how to make sure that uh the main universe isn't the universe that gets destroyed in the incursion um and this ultimately leads up to secret wars uh because like all the worlds just keep colliding and stuff happens uh, and that I, I'm very curious because I'm wondering if the idea is to do that until they can kind of take the multiverse off the table by getting to Secret Wars and being like, all right, now there's one world. Maybe that's where they reintroduce mutants and just like, I, I don't know if, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know if they would like start fresh with other characters. That would be weird to me. I mean, that would be the opportunity to recast at that point. Uh, like if you wanted, you know, a new a new Captain America or whatever, but that doesn't really feel like their MO. I don't know that they would want to to lose the capital they have with the characters they already have. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm legitimately really curious what they do at uh, Comic-Con, because I think last time they were there was in like 2019 and obviously COVID happened. So that's why part of why they haven't been back. But they announced everything. I think that has just about everything that's come out or is announced to be coming out in the near future at that point. Um, I think like blade think, is the one they haven't gotten yeah. to yet. Um, but she Hulk was announced. They're there. supposed to start soon. Yeah. Um, so finally, yeah, I don't know. <coughs> yeah. I don't know what their plan is and like how far out, that something like that is going to be, or if, if they're even going to do a secret wars, but this definitely makes me think that that's part of the idea is that they're going to explore incursions and stuff, and it's going to get weird. Um, and I don't know how mutants factor in any of this. They haven't even done fantastic four yet. So that's interesting to me. And that's all my thoughts, basically. <laughs> Again, it's, it's like the fourth movie in phase four, Let's set up a bunch of dangling pot threads where I've been like, I don't know where you're going with that, Marvel. Uh is this gonna is this gonna come back around at some point? Are we all are we gonna revisit all of this in one movie at some point? Like, how's that gonna work? So I'm curious. Well, all will become clear. Uh, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be called Marvel's Bow. I'm gonna wrap it all together. Mm -hmm. That's the big event. Yeah, where Bo Burnham comes in and, and <laughs> solves everything. Bo Burnham uh, as the Beyonder would be <laughs> incredible. He just, he just plays music and 
makes yeah. fun of the MCU the whole time. It's fine. Congratulations. Look, you if, did if it. If if I've got two options, if I've got two pitches here, one is Deadpool 3 where it's just Ryan Reynolds lampooning the MCU for two hours, or I've got Bo Burnham doing it. I'll I'll, I'll take I'll take option two, please. Yeah. Please. Please, I'm begging you. I can't believe they're gonna make me say Hail Hydra. Hail <laughs> Hydra. Um well, my recommendation this week is not a genre thing, or uh, there's no, like, big jumps, <laughs> but it is a new movie. Uh, this is a movie that released on Apple TV Plus a couple weeks ago. It is called Cha-Cha Real Smooth. This is, uh, I believe, the sophomore film from writer-director star Cooper Rafe, and he plays a, like a 22, 23-year-old, fresh out of college, Kind of a wayward youth, doesn't really know what he wants to do or where he wants to go. And so he ends up living back at home with his parents and his little brother. And he uh, basically ends up getting hired as a professional party starter for like bar and bat mitzvahs to just like really get things cooking. Uh, And as a result of this, he meets and forms a connection with a woman played by Dakota Johnson and her teenage autistic daughter played by Vanessa Burghardt, uh, an actually autistic actress. And it's uh, a movie about their relationship and him sort of figuring things out. And it's a movie that uh, largely it's pretty light on its feet for a lot of it. But it definitely there will be moments where it just suddenly becomes so profound and so smart and precise and observant about the way people think and the way that these characters specifically think. And there are moments where characters explain their rationale for things that they're doing or have done and the movie has such a great empathy and sensitivity to where they're at that you completely understand it and it, it's a movie that I, at first i was like yeah yeah this is this is fun this is nice i i like this but then you would those moments would hit me and i would go oh this is really smart like this guy is a very very good writer and um i liked it a lot the performances are solid uh vanessa burkhardt is very good cooper rafe is is I feel like it's a character that could easily be very annoying, except he does a good job with it. Uh, but Dakota Johnson's fantastic. She's really, really... I, I, I'm become a bigger fan of her as an actor every time I see her in something. She's wonderful in this. Uh, Brad Garrett, Leslie Mann, um, they're both in it. Um, and I liked it a lot. There's a lot of fun dance sequences. Uh, and Funky Town has been in my head for a few weeks now. So that's what i'm carrying in my journey uh but i liked it a lot i definitely recommend seeing it uh it is on apple tv plus it's less than two hours and it's called cha-cha real smooth alex what you got the beach uh, yes the, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie yeah. the beach tell anakin uh, why no. he's wrong and that sand is good that's 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 the secret title to the movie that's that's what it's actually about um everyone just read that movie wrong um well that's kind of funny because ewan mcgregor was originally supposed to star in that it all connects it all connects it's all there um what about the beach that makes you old is that does that connect yeah did that is he in that that's that's a pre is that is that how he got is that what happens between me one and yeah yeah. is that he ends up (laughs) he found the beach that makes you old Apparently, there's a line in that movie where uh, an actor says, "There's something going on with time at this beach," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is that's great. man. You know, when you're uh, a few my ties deep, like not wrong, <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> uh, 
that's that's the yeah they're all just they're just very tired and uh kind of like sun they're they're tired and drunk and and like sun uh yeah what's just a little sunbaked sun yeah just sunbaked like they're they're yeah. just a little out of it that's all that's happening in that movie i don't remember <laughs> what the name of that movie is at this point i just think of it as i think it's the beach that makes you old yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i think of it as yeah yeah anyway fine. alex recommend the the live action madeline movie yeah. go for it uh i binged the miniseries the bear <laughs> um and i don't know if either of you are are kind of aware of this I'm aware i've of it, yeah. seen a bunch of ads for it and i thought it was interesting basically it's about kind of this failing uh restaurant it's kind of like a sandwich shop type deal um in chicago this kind of very famous um relatively new uh cook um has to take over the business because his brother passes away and it's basically him trying to kind of carry the business forward and trying to keep it from falling apart and it's very hectic and crazy it's kind of a dark comedy and then it just turns into a drama for a lot of it but i thought it was quite good um i want to say it was like eight episodes but each one's like half an hour so it's very quick to to kind of run through um and john bernthal's in it briefly Hmm. um i didn't recognize most of the cast uh, is is he the bear is he a bear in it no he is not the titular bear uh i actually i actually like how what the bear represents is kind of weaved into the story. I think that's actually very well handled. Um, but if you like um, it, I was going to say, if you like stuff like hell's kitchen, but it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not nearly the same. Well, I, I like how the show is actually very much against like, you no know, yelling at people while you're trying to run a kitchen is yeah. not a good idea. That's like that. Yeah. There is a lot of yelling, but it is very much like, no, that's not, that's not helpful <laughs> to anyone. Yeah. Um, and it is kind of a, it is kind of like a safty brothers type thing where it's like an exercise in stress um, with a lot of it because it's just like it's there's there's some parts where it's like almost just a one take traveling around the kitchen as they're getting all sorts of orders and they're all just kind of losing it and getting stressed out. Um, but yeah, it's very good. It has a lot of heart to it, and I liked it a lot. And uh, Oliver Platt is in it as well. Well, then it must be a crossover with Chicago Med. I'm going to call yep. it Chicago Sandwich. There you go. Um, but it, or it's just called the bear. Chicago I think. bear. I, I it's, it's called Chicago Sandwich. I, I don't know if it, it, it's on Hulu. I don't yeah. know if it originally premiered on FX, but it's all on there right now. So nice. Yeah, it was the bear. I, I liked it a lot. I don't know if there's going to be a season two. That's why I called it a mini series. I don't know what the deal with that is, but. It works perfectly fine as a standalone miniseries. I was a little disappointed that the premise wasn't a bear working a kitchen like Ratatouille, but that's fine. (laughs) Just standing behind guys like, I think you should do provolone. Yeah, he's just like he's wrapping his his paws around people and like picking up their hands. (laughs) The opening scene of the show is like the character on this bridge in Chicago confronting like a bear in a giant cage. And I was like, what? This is not what I was expecting. Um, Is it it the Billy Joel music video, but a bear comes to (laughs) stop that guy from jumping? Correct. Mm. He's not talking. It just starts roaring at him. Ah! <laughs> uh it's funny. Bears are funny, just like horses. Well, speaking of Billy Joel, Tyler, what you got for us? Yeah, I did uh that's a leading question there. I did listen to all of Billy Joel's uh Wow c- c- cinematography. <laughs> sound sound of phones. 
his his entire soundonomy. Yeah, discography is the word I was looking for there. I did ah. not do that. Um, I caught up on on the boys uh, while I was kind of sick and in and out of uh, napping and sleeping um, because I did have COVID. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I think it's a hard show to recommend. Yeah, uh, and it's a show that I I still kind of like have to emotionally distance myself from because it is just a rough show sometimes. Um, but uh, it, it does have some some really strong just kind of approaches to the way the characters interact um, and kind of the way they have power over each other. Like it's 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 a really thoughtful exploration of of that side of humanity um there's some things i definitely don't like about it that i think go too over the top and get distasteful um but it's it's overall really well done the cast is phenomenal uh and i look forward to watching the rest the last two episodes of this season uh i guess <laughs> so there's yeah. that yeah i'm i'm re-watching the show to catch up to watch the new the new season so i'm almost done with uh season two so i can get there soon um yeah you're right it's a hard show to recommend it, you have to recommend that show with like four asterisks yeah and there's a lot of conditional i will say <laughs> that show i i think it's really really well done and listeners of this show know my sensitivities and my sort of hesitancies with a lot of things and i'm a big fan of that show if that tells you anything about its sort of ethos and its sort of overall approach to things, or at least as I've interpreted yep. interpreted them to be, um, it is not just a giant exploitation fest to try to be cool and boundary pushing. Like there is there is a brain in that show, and it's a, I think a very very well utilized one. It took long enough, Tyler. <laughs> I've been recommending that show for a while. With all four asterisks. <laughs> yeah, next I thought about watching Boston Legal, but it doesn't have the word Chicago in it, so I think that's going to be a pass. <laughs> what What if I What if I give you my DVD boxes, but it's a, it's a sharpie, it's crossed out, and it just says Chicago instead? <laughs> that's a That's a spinoff of the practice, right? I believe so. Okay, so does it also exist in the same universe as Ally McBeal? Because if so, I did probably discover a website that has all of the law and order sh episodes in order. And I was kind of like, what isn't this just <laughs> going to be like all the episodes in order? Uh, but then as I kept scrolling, I realized just how many spinoffs of spinoffs oh, yeah. of spinoffs <laughs> to that universe. Oh yeah. It never it's stops. Terrifying. It is inevitable. Next two weeks are going to be a little weird because that's just how we do things now. Um, but <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be fun, and you're going to hear, you get to hear your friends, the three of us. And But where can you hear them, Tyler? Uh, you can hear us at herecomesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HTTSequels. You can email us at herecomesequels at gmail.com. We're on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, uh, Overcast, uh, etc. various podcast things. Um is Overcast a thing? I didn't make that up, right? I think that's real. I don't know. Uh, Castbox is another one that I know is real. So yeah, that's that. a real one. It's over. It's Overcast right now. As I look yeah. out the window, go Whoa, go stick right. a stick a, a cone 
in your ear I, and listen up to the sky. I, d- yeah, I don't see a giant a search day. bar that I can click on. Like I'm pressing against just, my window. You just have to I'm, listen. You just have yeah. to believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Good weather for hunting rabbits, though. Is um, is it like um is it like learning to fly? Is it faith, trust, and uh, uh, pixie dust? Yeah. yeah, or standing on a roof with your I, mean dad. Do you know? Do you know? Uh, you know how you can't really count to a million because like there's not enough seconds in a human life do you think how long how far are we from it not being possible to watch all of the the dick wolf universe the television universe how how much content is there is there a point at which physically you could not begin watching as a baby oh sure and complete all of it is it still is it are we still talking like a few years in terms of total content are we under under a few years that thing about counting to a million screwed me right <laughs> up well this I'm thing older than this I'm thing older about... than both of you which means i have less to count <laughs> better get started <laughs> this thing about but this thing about the law and order universe is giving me an existential crisis which is why no yeah that's, that's why I, I had to give a, an apt comparison as to how this makes me yeah. feel to think about that's fair the fact that if there is not one day there probably will be sure more content that yeah. can be watched in a human lifetime you're probably right um <laughs> i don't want my children to inherit that burden <laughs> and that's why i'm running for office <laughs> <laughs> it's not for us it's for them your your uh your tagline for running for office is eat the content <laughs> eat the content yeah and recycle um <laughs> and gmos are fine uh yeah i don't know what to do with my night anymore <laughs> well i've been tyler get, you start counting <laughs> i start now oh i've been britain <laughs> i've been alex i said it already it's all that's all oh, you buddy you did. oh it's uh, okay uh, you gotta uh, morbiously it's all me you're having a good night by 19 20 21 <laughs>